Hello, and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Stacy McCracken, and joining me is David Chednovic, Director of Sales and Marketing. David, today we're going to focus on export grain terminal operations on the West Coast. But before we get into that, can you update us on what grain shipments ended up at for April, as well as tell us where we are crop year to date? Sure thing. Thanks, Stacy. So CN had record April movement for Western Canadian grain at 2.73 million tons, slightly ahead of the previous record set last April, and almost 200,000 tons ahead of the three-year average. Now, records like those get set through collaboration with supply chain partners, and this one's no exception. And there have been plenty of challenges to work through this year on that front. First, there was the unprecedented harvest delays that dramatically reduced September grain movement, representing the biggest monthly decline in grain shipments crop year-to-date versus average. Then it was the labor disruption in November. Then January, Vancouver mainline disruptions due to washouts and landslides. Then 35 illegal rail blockades starting in February, and now a pandemic. And after all of that, total grain tonnage shipped crop year to date through the end of April is 375,000 tons ahead of the three-year average at 20.7 million tons. Okay, shifting gears. Can we discuss the types of grain export facilities currently in operation on the West Coast? Yep, so you basically have two types. Direct hit facilities that lack grain cleaning capacity with minimal to no storage to unload into. And then there's the large-scale concrete export facilities with plenty of individual storage bins, cleaning capacity, and the ability to blend different grades and qualities of grain together to meet the specifications of grain export contracts. One attribute that all grain export facilities share on the West Coast is that there's no capacity to dry grain meaning the grain handling system places heavy emphasis on dry grain being delivered into the country elevator system and or country elevators drying grain. And not all elevators in the country have dryers. This fall saw a lot of supply chain delays because of widespread issues with tough and damp grain due to the poor harvest weather. How might crop mix and quality profile affect grain supply chain performance? Well, it's fair to say the more complex you make product mix, the more complicated it is to operate a terminal oversimplify to where you're just running canola through a terminal. It's all number one Canada canola. And the next train to arrive is canola and then more canola and so on. Now compare that to all the individual commodities that get run through terminal elevators in Vancouver. Peas, wheat, canola, durum, lentils, oats, barley, flax, soybeans, even canola meal pellets in some instances. Then add different grades and or protein levels of each depending on commodity or a series of falling number segregations for milling wheat and other specs to segregate foreign bins separately, and you'll quickly appreciate that product mix is not going to be as efficient as running just a few products. A more complicated product mix also makes for more requests for specific sequencing of trains from the country to terminal. How has bulk vessel size changed over time at the West Coast? Well, there are no statistics available on the nature of grain cargoes being loaded on the West Coast, but some interesting trends have developed over time. First, average vessel size has increased common theme across all sorts of dry bulk commodities and container vessels for that matter as well. There are hardly any handy sized vessels loading grain anymore on the West Coast. We see mostly Supermaxes, Panamaxes, and Post-Panamaxes, so mostly in the 55,000 to 80,000 deadweight range. Deadweight being the amount of weight that a vessel can carry between cargo, stores, fuel, crew, etc. Average grain vessel cargo quantity is now pushing 50,000 tons on the West Coast of Canada. So it stands to reason that an average grain vessel stay in port has increased over time due in part to average cargo size increasing. How about cargo complexity on a bulk vessel? How can that impact the supply chain? 
Well, complexity in vessel operations comes in part depending on how complicated the cargo mix is. A buyer may be buying cargo from multiple sellers to load on one vessel, each seller with their own supply chain to manage back to the country elevator network. A bulk vessel loading grain may also be loading another commodity like copper concentrates or soda ash or something else. So there is another supply chain to consider there too. That's what you'd call a part cargo. And even with many grain vessels, there are often multiple grain products being loaded on the same vessel. Grain is generally sold months in advance of shipment and harvest weather is unpredictable. If the grade profile of the crop all of a sudden ends up well below average, like we saw this past crop year, it can be very tough to source the product that was sold. The sales mix adjusts over time to reflect a lower quality profile, especially for commodities like wheat or durum, and sometimes contracts can be amended to adjust to a different grade spec, but that takes time. Are there similar complexities in the containerized grain supply chain where grain is stuffed into export containers at port? Yes. At the West Coast, there's no ability to unload grain from rail cars into upright steel or concrete storage with the exception of one stuffing facility. Some stuffers have their own limited supply of containers to unload grain from rail cars into in a pinch to store, but for the most part, you need to have the hopper cars and the containers coming together at the same time to allow for a rail car to be unloaded. We have seen unprecedented issues with container supply as a function of supply chain disruptions associated with the pandemic, and that has certainly affected the timing of matching the rail cars to the steamship line container booking. Thanks for your time, David, and thanks for listening to Grain Insights, an update from CN.